are somehow staying alive, Chris, by no doing of our own, thanks to a couple of other outcomes. Uh, Bunch of losers. We're, we're still in it. We're still in it. <laughs> yes. <we are. laughs> I, I wanted a draw to, to, or a win, and we lost, but we're still still in the playoff hunt somehow. We're, we're just all. Yeah, we're just we're good. We're good. We're all a pack of losers, is what we are. Everybody. <laughs> well, the other teams loser. didn't lose. They didn't lose. They didn't well, they lose. tied. They, they so they're half they losers. Well, let me tell you something that Toronto should have won, but the Galaxy scored a goal like in the 90th minute, a rocket by Puig. But thank you, Puig, because of him, we are still solid in that seventh spot. And uh, here we go. We're staying alive. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> the song choice couldn't have been more perfect. I mean, just looking over some of these games that happened today, it is it is really amazing how it sort of worked in our favor. It really is. It, it, it did. Even though Toronto, I, well, I think Toronto might have played one more game than we have, but I think Cincinnati might have played one less. Um, actually, let me yeah. look at that right quick. So, I, I mean, we're still uh, in a rough spot because – with them having one game in hand, let's see, Cincinnati's played 35. No, they have 35 points. Oh, they played more games than us. No, we're good. Oh, no, I'm wrong. You know, I was wrong. Cincinnati has played one less game than we have. So once they play, make up that game, I mean, they could pass us in the in the standings. But for today, yes, for August right 31st, now. we're entering September in the playoffs. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's it. That's it. I mean, we'll 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 talk a little bit about where where it might pan out later on in the coming days, but for sure, at least right now, we can bask in the glory of still being within the top seven of the Eastern Conference. We're, we're still alive. Yes, we're still alive. That is for all sure. All right. Well, before we get into all that stuff, let's get into today's boring atrocity. I'm, I can't believe that I had to sit through that that headache of a game. Uh, some people thought that it was well played. Uh, I think Phil Neville said after the game that it was playoff atmosphere. I thought it was a bore fest. But um, I mean, I mean what did that you is think overall. Be- before we get into the details, what did you think overall? It well, was boring. It's hard me. Look, it was a boring game, but it was nerve wracking, man. It was really nerve wracking because you're talking about the the, the first game where now you're not going to have Bosuelo. You know that you're not going to have him playing. You know you're going to have to depend on other midfielders, and you know it's uh, it's nerve wracking because you're you're kind of hoping that the other players can make up for the loss. But man, that was rough. That was rough. That was a rough watch for sure. Well, and you know what? And Saturday's red card for Pozuelo, that boot to the chest, that cost yeah. the six points. You know when you look back at certain seasons, and you can pinpoint like a specific play. Or, or something that caused, like it was the season-altering play, that boot might be the season-altering play. Because I I've honestly, to, to, I still feel like we were in line to win that game on Saturday. The way we were playing, I feel like we would have beat the Red Bulls. And the way Columbus looked today, I mean, they, were, it's, they weren't dominant by any stretch of the imagination. Like, I know they had, like, in the second half, they, they, they had, like, 10 shots. Um, but none of them were really on goal. I, I felt like they... The defense did a good job of keeping Kucho from, you know, really creating anything. Like, I think that that boot cost us six points. And and it could possibly have cost us six points. You know, it's like I mentioned in the last episode. We're talking about the same boot that uh, that could get us in the playoffs might be the boot that we'd be missing to 
get us out of the playoffs or yeah, to keep us out of the playoffs. So uh, it's definitely rough. There's nothing else that I'd look back at more than the Cincy game because that game just totally pissed me off. So that game to me is like a, a sore, a sore thumb uh, throughout the whole season. And since he's honestly the team that scares me the most as far as keeping our seventh seed, uh, obviously because they played one less game than we have. Yeah. And because we still can play, we play Columbus one more time. We play them at home. I think we can get three back. Yeah. But I, I we don't play sure. we don't play Cincy again. They have one game at hand. Like I, I think you've been saying it for a few weeks now that we're gonna look back at that Cincy game and really regret the fact that we didn't pull out that we were up three one. Yeah. And the fact that we let them back in the game is, is really rough. And honestly, it all goes back to that offside because Pozuelo scored and they went up, was it 4-1 at one point, 4-2 maybe? Yeah. I, I can't remember exactly, but they called that offside back and that goal back because of the offside. And that game changed. And that those two points that we missed out on could be our season. Yeah, and it could. I mean – and one of the things that 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 I look back at is I just don't want to. When I I remember when that game ended, that goalie that I hate or dislike really badly turned around and celebrated in his glory, and I just looked at him with his tomato face, and I just wanted to get on the ground and punch him in the face because I was not a happy camper with that. But in terms but the better, of battered hair on do not condone violence. No, we don't. Okay. <laughs> We don't do that. Make sure you let one car in front of you when you're leaving the parking lot. There you um, go. But, uh, but in terms of this game, yeah, we definitely felt the effect of Pozuelo missing, which which I think I it, it'll bring me over to, to our next topic, uh, which is talking about Iguain, because you and I were talking during the game where we started to notice that Iguain was falling into the same pattern of, of coming towards the midfield to want to set things up. And it's 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 hard to watch because you could tell that he just doesn't have the confidence in the midfield as much as he does in one player, Pozuelo. Well, I mean, this was before Pozuelo showed up. This was something that Iguain would constantly do. You would constantly see him in the midfield because he wouldn't hold his striker position because it's almost like he's like these guys are going to find me with the ball. I got to track back and ask for the ball or get the ball in the midfield and help start creating this play. And I noticed in the first half, at least, that he was tracking back. And you would see him in the midfield constantly. And that's something that you really haven't seen a lot as Pozuelo's, you know, come on and, and really started distributing yeah. the ball. And I thought since Duke was playing that maybe it wouldn't happen. But it looks like Iguain fell right back into that. And although when the game started, we were pressing high. And, and it looked like we might create a couple chances and maybe something would go our way. But nothing really came to fruition. And. And Iguain looked frustrated again like he's done in the past. Well, one of the things that really stood out to me during the game was the fact that, of course, not only is he coming back, um, but it's tough because he wants to set things up. And he's setting things up for midfielders who aren't really aggressive attackers. You know, mm -hmm. and, 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 and not only are they not aggressive attackers, I mean, uh, uh, Lasseter, I guess, could be a decent attacker if he, if he decides to, you know, aim a little better or whatever the case is but but when it comes to you know the touches i mentioned that and in, in when we were talking in the middle of the game too you know some of these players man they just don't have that and that's got to be one of the most hardest things to master in the sport of soccer i mean by by far i'm not 
a good soccer player at all, but I can imagine that having that that touch, that first touch, you, that first touch where you could just set it up right in front of you to be able to blast it. That's got to be one of the hardest things to master. And I'm noticing that through his passes, I mean, he he made a couple passes, uh, you know. Vast he found enough. Bryce Duke. He he found Bryce Duke on a beauty, and and there's nothing I hate more than seeing Bryce Duke inside the box. Yeah. <laughs> back back when I was still hating on Iguain, we had this conversation back in one of those episodes when I was still hating on Iguain. Again, yeah. I'm sorry, Iguain. I take it all back. But back when I was still hating on him, I remember I told you that I'd rather see Iguain play over seeing Bryce Duke take any shots because that kid can't finish in the box. I like to see him in the midfield creating. He had a, a beautiful through pass to well, – we'll get into those those passes in a second. Yeah. But he, had, he made some great passes. But, man, when it comes to finishing, man, that kid just – I don't know if he'll ever get it, but he's not there right now. And that's frustrating to watch. Well, and and one of the things as far as, as speaking of Iguain is concerned, I'm I'm impressed that he played the 90 minutes. It was a boring 90 plus minutes. So I imagine that he played and, and he didn't exert too much energy. So I think that that might be one of the reasons that he was able to play the full 90 minutes. Well, I remember that uh, Well, some people on Twitter today were giving him credit for toughing it out and playing because Neville said that he could barely walk last game. We had this conversation last episode. I yeah. told you, I think Neville might have embellished a little bit about that might injury. Have. He was just he was just a little frustrated about the fact that the foul, foul didn't get called. And he's like, you know what? It was so bad and egregious that my man was limping to the – he couldn't even walk. Even though when I saw him on the field after that, it looked like he looked just fine, walking just fine. Maybe he wasn't running, but he was walking just fine. So I always doubted the fact that he was really going to miss the game. Not only did he not miss the game, he played the entire game, which I feel kind of validates what I was thinking, that maybe he wasn't as injured as he was trying to say that he was. Um, but he played the 490. It, was, it wasn't the most event 490. He had like, I think I saw Ian Hest uh, He put on his Twitter that in the first half he had like 10 touches or nine, was it 19 touches and and. 10 I don't know it was it was some crazy thing where he was barely touching the ball and it's yeah, like yeah, man yeah. it's it's um well again it goes it, it goes back to where you know he just didn't have the support to be able to put him in the right places so you're putting him in a situation where and I understand where he's coming from as a, as a player of his caliber Elk. and his experience that for him to have to come back and and to set up the play, I'm pretty sure that frustrates him a lot. Frustrates him a lot. And well, Bryce Duke almost found him on on two passes. Yeah, but Iguain could like. I want you to tell me what you think. Do you think it was more Bryce Duke put too much on the pass and he could have you know let him a little better, or is Iguain just slow and couldn't catch up to it? Well, and, I, I felt like those were beautifully paced passes. And I think it might be a little bit of both. I think it might be more towards that Iguain is just not, he's just not, uh, you know, fast enough on the field. Uh, Bryce Duke, I mean, he, he's getting his his start. It's jitters. I imagine that some of the passes were 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 pretty lengthy. So I I think that uh, it's a mix. And he of also both. hasn't been he hasn't been getting consistent playing time. So it could it could also be a little bit of rust. Yeah. And and talking about this, you know, the Columbus, you know, Columbus crew game, you know, just recapping it. I mean, it was boring for you, for me, it I was boring. 
yeah, for me, it was uh, it, it was very nerve wracking to be able to kind of see what's happening, what's getting orchestrated on the play. You know, a lot of players, you know, were coming up. One of the things that really impressed me was the, the amount of pressing that the team was doing. Yes, we were pressing higher. I really liked, but I felt like maybe in the second half we were tired because of all the pressing we did in the first half. But I, I agree. We came out pressing, and, and I felt like we were going to get some turnovers and create some great chances. Well, and I love the aggression. I really do. I really think that that uh, that Phil Neville's onto something with the kind of aggression that he's having this team display. And it's something that I really, really hope that Phil Neville sticks to because, as you can tell in today's game, he felt very comfortable allowing his defenders to sort of run sprint back uh, to be able to defend against attackers. And what's up with Damian Lowe? He's like constantly up top now. Listen, like, he's, I think he wants that number nine position. He's he's the new number nine. He's the new number nine. Well, I, I will tell you, I don't want him to get too um, comfortable doing that because there was a point where he won the ball inside our own box. Saucy. And he thought that he was getting saucy, and he started taking the ball up himself and lost the ball and almost caused a, a, a horrible – well, he did cause a turnover, but it almost yeah. – it didn't end up costing us in the long run. But I don't want him to get too saucy now. Um, but when you look at the stats of the game, 50-50 possession, I, I felt like the game was – yes, Columbus towards the end started creating a lot more opportunities. They started catching us on counters, and McVeigh on that one goal, he got beat nasty. Like yeah, he, he got did. left, he got left in the dirt. Diaz just outran him, and um, it, it's unfortunate because I felt like this could have very easily been a zero-zero draw, and it was yes. that one. It was that one play that they got. Damian Lowe should have, I felt, closed out on Diaz. He had Yellen towards the middle, so he should have closed out on Diaz a little quicker. And I hate when I see goalies get beat to the near post. I feel like you should like cover the the the, the near post. And if the player is good and skilled enough to score on the far post, you got to give it to him. But you, you got to cover that near post. But then again, I am a nobody. I, I it's hard for me to start judging what a goalie, a professional yeah. goalie, should be doing. That's just, but just a thought that I see when when a goalie gets piece, beats to the near post, it's really frustrating. And I, I and and speaking about Marsman, it was really really odd to me that he got the start. Super odd. And I'm 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 question you know I I start questioning I'm wondering why is he getting the start I don't feel like Drake Calendar is playing poorly. Well, Drake, he didn't have the best of games against the Red Bulls. I feel like there was, well, like we talked about it, one of those maybe two of those he could have saved. Yeah. Um, if they try to sell it as did he want they wanted him to get a rest day. I mean, goalies are athletes, getting rest but like. Time. But, like, does he really need a rest day? Especially yeah. with 10 days to rest coming up. I, I doubt it. I don't know if Neville addressed that in the post game, But I, I thought it was weird also. And Marsman kind of scares me because he thinks he's Iguita. He thinks he's uh, Manuel yeah. Neuer. The way he was – there was a ball. Oh, the man, sideline. all he, the way on the sideline. He went all the way to the corner. And I was like, what is this dude thinking? Like, I, I get that you're trying to show, like, Hey, this is why you're starting me because Drake can't do this. But hey, newsflash: even if you can do it, you might not want to do it because it almost cost us. So, and you're not that guy. And you're not that guy. Like you, you could do it, but you can't do it that well. Like, like relax. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's reel it back a bit. So that that worried me. So it was cute that he he was trying to show off his footwork, but let's reel it back just a little bit. 
and and speaking speaking about the game you know to me Bryce Duke was one of the people that I really wanted to look at as far as how he played what his approach was what his strategy was you know especially taking the position of uh of Pozuelo and you know he didn't play a great game he didn't play a bad game it just i guess maybe the 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 pace wasn't great in the game uh things didn't fall into place i guess i don't know it was a very weird game from from Bryce Duke it, it, it was i mean i felt like he created a couple of opportunities um obviously we just spoke about it a little while ago where he he passed it just a little bit too too far ahead of Iguain Iguain couldn't catch up I mean, I thought he he had an okay game. Um, I mean, I guess. Do you want to talk about any other details in the game, or you just want to get into the good and the bad? Because I I want to talk about the good for a second. Yeah, let's go. So, let's get to it. Let's get to it. All right. So lo bueno, as we like, as we can call it, lo bueno. I thought that Sailor had a great game, which is I feel like he's, he hasn't performed at a high level recently. Yeah. But I thought that today he had one hell of a game. Damian Lowe was okay. I think the defense as a whole held its own. Cucho is an absolute monster. He has eight goals in the season, and he started around the same time as Pozuelo. Like, he hasn't been around that long. He's yeah. been scoring in bunches, but he didn't find any opportunities to score. He had, I think, one shot on target, and he shot it from, like, way outside the box. So I felt like the defense held its own. I really like the way Mota's playing. He's helping yeah, he a lot, great. a lot defensively. He's been intercepting balls inside the box, and he's been contributing a lot offensively also. And he also had that beautiful pass to Vasilev that we're gonna address in a second. So yes, yeah. So I I I think Sailor played a great game. I really liked uh, what Mota has been bringing recently. So to me, those were the two bright spots tonight. I mean, if, if I had to name two, those would be the two that I bring up. Well, and as much as a lot of people think and say that uh, Iguain, uh sort of reacts negatively on the field and has these sudden reactions, which we saw in the game, you know, he he yeah, was he's frustrated. You can tell he was frustrated. Yeah, 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 you can tell he's frustrated. But then I saw some plays where he he's sitting there and he's you know clapping it off with uh, with some of the guys, letting them know, hey, good play. There was a play that Emerson made later in the in in, in the game. Where he tried to pay, make the pass in the middle and it went out of bounds. It was a, it was a lot of playing up the wings and crosses, and they just were not landing. Yeah, I, I liked I liked his play. I liked uh, I liked I liked Yedlin, um, the way that he played, the way that he pushed. Um, I felt like you know the defenders were were huge in the game in terms of how they played, how consistent they were, how much they helped push the pace. Again, to me, uh, to me, the development of this team, I think, at this very moment, is about how the pacing is for this team, how how they're pressing up, how they're not sort of settling to, you know, wishy washy the ball back and forth in the backfield, you know. So those are things that I look at that were very good in the game. Well, before we get to to the bad, Lomalo, uh, I wanted to ask you real quick, what did you think of Coco? Oh my God, that guy! I mean, what what are we doing? What are we doing? I, I mean, I know you don't you don't like Coco, but you don't like him because you feel like he's going to take Emerson's minutes. Well, if that's number one, and number two, I, unfortunately for him, he just seems like the kind of guy that um, you know, look with with Coco, 
I feel really bad for him because he got acquired around the same time as Pozuelo. So a lot of the light was just all over Pozuelo. It was insane. Yeah. So Coco didn't get any any shine. He didn't get any cool videos on the Inner Miami <laughs> app. Like he didn't get a tour around Miami, South Florida. Um, but I expected a lot because I did hear a lot. I heard that he was, you know, out for some time when he was playing at another league or something like that. Um, but I don't know. He just hasn't been. He hasn't been very good i mean there was gl there's glimmers of of things that you see when he's playing but then at the same time it's like well, we just acquired you guy i mean we're paying you big money i'm assuming i, I don't know how much we're paying him in comparison to other players but you well, know not, he's not a dp um i i thought he was not necessarily impressive today i thought today was his chance to shine it, it was nothing Nothing that stood out. I know he had a ball inside the box that I felt like he was trying to show off his footwork. He yes. just ended up dribbling out. He ended up just dribbling out of bounds anyway on his own, basically. Um, he was okay, I guess. Like, I, I, hard to say if he was good or bad. He didn't really do anything. I yeah. felt like this game was just all, all over the place. A lot of, a lot of nothing, honestly, is, is what what I saw. But um, well, he's on to Loma oh, go ahead. Yeah, he's part of uh, Lo Malo. And another part of Lo Malo that I want to talk about is uh, Indiana Jones. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's another guy. What, what are we doing here? Uh, you know, it's, it's funny because we could, we could reflect back to him as one of the reasons that we won a big game a month or so ago when he came in and scored. Uh, it was one of the last-minute goals. I think he scored two goals. Sort of in the last uh, in the last couple minutes, I forgot what game yeah, that was against Minnesota. I think it was that he came in the 80th minute and he yeah. scored the, the two goals. But I like him as a sub, a late sub. Yeah. But there's people that want him to start. I've never been a big fan of Indiana Vasilev. I, I just haven't. I don't uh, get it. As, as a super sub, okay, I guess. But I, I'm I'm not a big fan of his today, man. That that beautiful ball from Mota, it landed. Right in the, as they say, the bread basket. He just had to like just reel it in, and like you said, the first touch is one of the hardest things to do in soccer, probably, especially when it's a a, a pass with, with so much you know velocity because it was he, Yo, he was coming like, on very, the other side of the field very quickly. Yeah. But yep. but man, like if he manages to bring that ball in, he should score. Oh yeah, but, yeah, but. That and then that weak header at the end of the game where it was a Damian Lowe that crossed it in and yes. he, he barely touched like in no I think Vasilev. no I think that was I think that I think that was Coco with the header. Nah, it was that Vasilev. Last, it was okay. You okay. might you might be right, but I'm pretty sure it was Vasilev that got his head on it. But maybe it was Coco. Either way, you said that they're both Malo. Yeah, so, both of them are Malo, and and it, it was a, it's a catastrophe to see no our winners. Bueno. Yeah, to, to, to be able to see our wingers play in that fashion, that's something that was truly, truly disappointing, especially taking out, you know, Lasseter. Uh, you know, he's another one of my my dudes that I want to succeed. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I mean, what are we doing, guys? What are we doing? I mean, I get it, but what, what what's going on here, you know? Well, I will tell you, uh, Malo for me was uh, McVeigh. Um, he, up until t today, on he had played every single minute of the season. This is the first time he gets subbed out, and he he had a man, he was getting beat, he just didn't have the speed to keep up with Diaz. They had to put in Gibbs 
to, to, to fill in that role. And it was rough. I, I like McVay, but I like him as a center back. I don't like him out at left back. I don't know why we keep doing that. If you want to, if you're going to play McVay uh, with Saylor and Lowe, make sure that it's three in the back. And then you have Robert Taylor and Yedlin playing the wings. But don't do this whole four in the back and McVay's playing your left back. He's not fast enough. He's also not creative enough offensively. I saw him up there a lot and he had good overlapping runs, but he didn't yeah. do anything with them because he's just not that guy offensively. So let's stop putting him at left back. He's a center back. If you want to put him at center back along with Saylor and Lowe, that's fine. But let's play with five in the back with Liedlin and Robert Taylor as your as your wing backs. But this whole McVay at left back only, I, I'm not feeling it. I do not want to see it again. And well, and case in point, the way he got beat today, yes. because that was all on McVay. That was all on McVay and some on on low for not closing out quicker when Yedlin was covering the middle and for Marsman for getting beat near near post. But in reality, it was all McVay for just getting just completely left behind. Well, and I'll add on to the Los Malo in this category. Uh, one of the Los Malo that I see here is where in the world is Noah Allen, bro? Let's get him on the field, man. Yes, like, yes, I hundred percent agree. Let, let's get Noah. Let you. I'm gonna make a shirt that says "Where is Noah Allen?" Yes, and then you. That's yeah, our you next know shirt. What? Yes, put, That's the put shirt. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna make that shirt for you because you've been calling for that for quite a while. Where yeah. is Noah Allen? I, I like it. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah, that's for sure going down. For sure it's going down. But that's one thing that's bad to me too because if you're out here and you're going to bring in Gibbs, I mean, you know, give Noah Allen, every time I see him play, man, he plays great defensively. He's super-duper aggressive. He he He's also aggressive offensively. He's willing to push up like Yedlin. He's and, got the pace. And, and he shows creativity when he has the ball. So you're talking about someone that not only can be able to defensively play well – but then offensively, to be a, some somewhat of a jolt from 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 the back, I, I don't understand what's going on with with the with the play of Noah Allen. Why he's not getting any any playing time? So what's the hashtag? Is it we want Noah Allen or where is Noah Allen? Where in the world we, is Noah Allen? Where in the world is Noah Allen? Okay, we'll I figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's let's look at the standings one more time. Because we are, like we said in the beginning of the show, staying alive somehow because of the other results around us. We are still in seventh. We are now three points behind Columbus. And not only are we three, games, three points behind Columbus, but we've also played one more game than they have. Yes. So it looks like we're in a position where we might be fighting for that seventh seed. Because fifth and sixth might start taking a might get a little bit of breathing room against us or on us. And I'm trying to see right now because I know Orlando's playing right now. I need to see. And they are currently in the 82nd minute and they're tied 2-2. So they would end up with 40 points, which still leaves us in the hunt to catch them also since we play them. But things are getting a little dicey with Cincinnati breathing down our neck, New England breathing down our neck. Columbus getting some breathing room and Orlando four points ahead of us. It, it's getting a little dicey, but we're still in it. We're still alive. Yeah, I mean, definitely still alive. You know, we had Toronto. They play today. They play again on Sunday against Montreal. So that's going to be a game to watch for sure. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm pretty well, I'm, sure that I, I'm not the reason. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the reason I'm not too concerned about Toronto is because we are two points ahead of them 
and we've also played one less game. So yeah, I, yeah. I think we're we're in a good, and we also play them in Toronto, but we play them also. So we have some control there because I, I like that we play some of these teams that are surrounding us. We play Orlando, we play Columbus, we play Toronto. So all of those are positives because if we control our own destiny in that aspect, but that's yes, why Cincy scares me. That's why Cincy scares me. Because we don't play those clowns. We do not play those clowns. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And uh, looking at this, looking at the standings, it makes me really gravitate towards the schedule, especially with this with this ten day break that's coming up for the team. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot can happen. And since we're gonna have ten days off, we're talking about that a lot can happen. And in reality, a lot can happen more likely against us than for us. Oh, we could be out of the playoffs without even playing a game this weekend. Yeah. Because if Toronto, New England, and Cincinnati all win this weekend, we're in, what, 10th place? Yeah, we're going to be back down in the gutter with Washington. Mm. Yeah. That, we're gonna no, be not with Washington. Bring it. Let's, let's take it back <laughs> not with No, no. Like you said a couple episodes ago, they're, they're sniffing jock straps. We, we don't have to worry about being anywhere near D.C. Yeah. By far, and we play them soon too. We play them in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and hopefully we can destroy them. I mean, hopefully. we got the the Chicago down low that I can't wait to play. Um, That's our next game. We'll, we'll preview yeah. that next week, though. Yeah, next week we're definitely going to preview that. And I got a lot, a lot, a lot of things to say about Chicago and their stupid hot dogs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, the games that are coming up and and. And let's let's talk about what's going to happen. You know, we 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 know what the standings look like. We know what you know what we're up against in terms of of what can happen. We got this this ten day break, right? So, mm-hmm. w- what are we going to be doing? I mean, at least to me, I know I'm going to be watching some of these games. I'm going to be trying to see, you know, who's going to be dropping, who's going to be who's going to be rising. Those things are are crucial. You got Cincinnati against Charlotte. Uh, on the third, uh, we on need Saturday. Charlotte to win that one badly. We need Charlotte to win that one badly. Yeah, yeah. You got uh, Columbus Crew against Chicago as well. Um, on on, need... on, yeah. Go ahead. No, we need Chicago to win that one. I'm just thinking of which teams we need to win. Who we're rooting for these games? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Portland plays Atlanta. Um, I mean, uh, Portland, please destroy them because I don't yes. care what you do. Uh, for sure. You know, we got uh, New England against NYC uh, FC. Um, Need NYC FC to win that one? Yeah, yeah. That's as far as the Eastern Conference is concerned for this week. Next week, um, starting games on September 7th, you got NYC FC against Cincinnati. You got Orlando against Sacramento. Um, oh, that's, 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 on, that's that's on. a stupid uh, – uh, U.S. Open Cup championship game. Oh, that is, that is, that is, yeah. That's the reason we got rescheduled for October 5th because the MLS wanted to make sure that Orlando had the best chance to win because they didn't want to get embarrassed and lose to Sacramento. Which, by the way, referring to Bryce Duke, that free kick he took still haunts me in my nightmares to this day. No, not the, not not the, is it the free kick? I mean, the the penalty, the penalty kick in the, against, against Orlando? Yes. By far, the worst penalty kick I've ever seen kick. There is a reason why I said I do not want to see that guy inside the box. And I meant it in every aspect, even penalty kicks. That guy, there should be, you know how they have like collars for people? 
that like yeah. if they walk like like past a certain line they get like shocked we should yes. have that for bryce duke to make sure he stays out of that 18 foot box like yeah, do not sure. enter do not enter because nothing good happens when you are inside of here i i pray one day that he goes ham and has like a three goal game just something super exaggerated uh, and it's crazy because he has a ton of potential. So that's one thing that I do look forward to is the development of Bryce Duke because it, it can work wonders for this team alongside with Pozuelo. I mean, that that can definitely be a killer duo in the midfield. Um, but other than those games that I mentioned, Montreal plays uh, Columbus Crew on the 9th, and then, you know, we roll up to we roll up to the 10th where our game is against Chicago. And then we got a bunch of other teams that are playing, you know, Red Bulls against New England. You got uh, Charlotte against NYCFC, Atlanta against Toronto. Uh, you know, there's a, a lot of games that are definitely going to keep us busy, keep us interested in what's happening in the MLS for sure. I just looked it up. Bryce Duke scored one goal this year. I can't remember what that goal was. Do you That's, by chance yeah. remember? No, I do you not remember. No. I think it might have been a goal. I think it might have been a goal in the in early in the season, maybe. It must have I'm been a deflection. He must have just been standing there and the bounces bounced bounce off of him. Because <laughs> no way, no way that he purposely scored. I, I refuse to believe that he scored inside the box. Purposefully moved his I'll leg be, in a kicking motion. I doubt it. I doubt it. Because man, when I saw that penalty kick, that sounds like, oh, this is not that. He's not. Mm-mm. Nope. He can't finish. Well, that, I'm definitely. I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to the games coming up. Other than the games, you know, I know I'm going to Disney this weekend. I don't know about no. you. Um, no, I'm not. But for anybody that doesn't know, Chris is a Disney maniac. Yes. He is yeah. uh, a big-time Disney head. And uh, I, yeah, he has a tattoo to prove it. Yes, I do have a tattoo to prove it. Uh, it's and uh, and it's funny because the time that I went to Orlando, I was actually considering going to the Orlando and Inter Miami game, and I think I mentioned that in the podcast. Thank God I didn't go. That was like a three and a half hour weather delay, uh, and and then it ended in a own goal in like the ninetieth minute by Damian Lowe. I would have that, been that so was a rough pissed. game to go to. Yeah, that was a rough game to go to. And and I remember Wilson, who who is a very very close friend of ours. Um, always in the supporter section. Yep, shout and, out to Vice City. Yeah, shout out to you guys. Uh, he told us that he went out there and it was it was brutal. You know, you go out there and you 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 root root root, and then all of a sudden, last second, you just get just right in the yeah, right man. in the heart. Yeah, man, that was rough. Imagine we would have gotten that point. We'd be. I mean, it's just one point, but hey. that point, those two points against Cincinnati, that's three points. Like, yeah. man. Those those small little plays, man, it's crazy. And the play that we're gonna point to that changed the course of the season is gonna be that Pozuelo boot. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we're gonna look back and be like that that boot killed our season. Yeah, no, he straight up Kevin Nashed him. I mean, if, if <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about pro wrestling, we got a uh, Coco Beware out here doing God knows what, and then we got Pozuelo out here just long yeah, leg yeah. kicking people right in the chest <laughs> you know uh, yeah i would have been i should have thought of that and made that the meme yeah that, that would have that would have been cool that would have been cool like kevin nash all right well do you have anything else chris no man i mean the the game was super boring but uh you know got me super nervous and the game's over and now we got 10 days to to kind of 
simmer in into what's going on in the MLS world. Oh. So, well, I mean, yeah, Inter Miami is not playing, but we'll be glued to the TVs this weekend anyway because every single game that happens in the Eastern Conference is going to have some type of effect on us because we are currently in seventh, but we can end the weekend in yeah. tenth without even playing a minute. So. I guess we'll just wait and see what happens, and we'll be back next week to talk about what happened the previous weekend and to finally preview Chicago because Chris has been waiting to shit on Chicago, and I'm dying yes. to hear what it is that he wants to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we already know it's about hot dogs, bitches, so make sure to come <laughs> back, all right? Well, if, if you credit their pizza, I will fight you because they no, don't have pizza. They have lasagna. I don't want to credit anything for them. We're going to destroy right. them. All right, so this has been episode 12 of the Battered Herons, and we will catch you guys next week.